Hey everybody, it's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number 15 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks to working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is every girl is crazy for a sharp dressed man. So grab your expert angle coffee mug and settle in three, two, one, off we go. Every year, traffic crashes claim the lives of over a million people and account for over $500 billion of injuries around the world. A small select group of people from police to attorneys to expert investigators are tasked with getting justice for the victims, protecting the rights of involved parties, and ensuring the story is told accurately and honestly. Unfortunately, we believe that is an impossible task without the right team of experts. If you agree, then keep on listening for actionable tips from leading experts across various industries that you can start taking today to elevate your professional game. If you disagree, then tune in anyway and let us convince you with our ideas. We are Eric Brown and Phil Rally, and this is Crash Tech, the expert angle. Welcome back to the show, guys. Crash Tech, the expert angle podcast is brought to you by Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. If you have an accident that you need answers for or you think the other side has it wrong, Crash Tech can help. Connect with us at www.crashtechreconstruction.com to submit your case for a free review. Guys, super excited today. This is probably one of the most exciting shows I've done yet because Phil isn't with me today. <laughs> so in Phil's place, uh, tuning in is because she was wonderful in our last couple of episodes. So we have attorney Jessica Bacon joining us today as my co-host. Jessica, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Watch out, Phil. I'm coming for the job. <laughs> right? She's gunning for the job. He's out. So we've had, we've, I'm done with his hate mail. It's, he's out of here. So, but uh, no, guys, so exciting today because we actually have a very, very special guest that I wanted to bring you. And this is a break from Norm a little bit uh, because normally we talk about the experts that you guys work with in your firms. And I wanted to do just a quick break because of the state of, of everything going on in the, in the country, in the world, and I think there just needs to be a little ray of sunshine. And so this, this guy that I'm bringing on the show, he is my ray of sunshine. So I, I wanna introduce you guys to uh, Officer Lamar Sharp. Uh, he is a uh, police officer here in Northeast Ohio, and he is also the president of the Be A Better Me Foundation. And uh, I had the, the honor to be uh, partnered up with Lamar there for a while uh, on Midnight Shift, I think, and Days. Yeah, yeah. You work Midnights yeah. and Days. I've seen you in the yes. light and the dark. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, um, but yeah, Lamar's foundation that he founded is doing amazing things and is, and is single-handedly turning around the inner city youth uh, down here around our city. And, and even ex extending out now into the suburbs. And I think you get, you get requests to go all over the place, don't, don't you? I do. I do. I do a lot of motivational speaking and I travel. I was actually supposed to go to um, Florida and uh, speak and then COVID happened. Ah, you right. drove. You should run an RV. I, I would have went, but they canceled it. Like, oh, gotcha. Yeah, canceled <laughs> everything. So Lamar, you got, you have a super interesting backstory. And this is one of the things that, that I love learning about you uh, when we work together. So you actually came up uh, in inner city youth. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. Yep, I did. And, um, um, yeah. Akron, Ohio, uh, Joy Park. Um, you know, we, we, my dad built a, <laughs> he kind of built like one of these uh, fat, like was a remodeled, like home kind of things. Uh, those quick build homes right there 
literally right in the middle of the projects. Like literally we have projects all around us. All right. <laughs> and uh, so did, uh, did you ever get a chance to, to see or, or attempted to, to be sucked into some of the, the negativity that, that comes out of the inner cities? It was, it was a challenge on, on a daily basis. Um, you know, every time when you walk out on, like you walk outside your front door, you would see a drug dealer standing right down the street. And uh, I remember I had a confrontation with one. He wanted me to go deliver. He was like, hey, come here. It was like, I knew what he did. And he was just like, I want you to go del- deliver this package for me. I'll give you 80 bucks. And I was remembering, I'm like, yo, 80 bucks? Like 80 bucks back in, night- in the 80s was a lot of money. Dude, eight, you know? 80 bucks in 2020 with the economy. I'm kind of like, 80 bucks? You, got, you still got that dude's number? No. Right. I know. I know. Like, yo, like, uh, you still need to deliver it. No. But no, you know, I just... Um, it was one of those things. And it was like, it, literally my mom, I heard my mom's voice was like, boy, get your butt back in the house. And I made up this excuse like, yo, my mom, we got to go to church. I, I can't leave the yard. I can't do it. And I remember he kind of like mugged me. He was like, man, get out of here. And I, you could, like, you could tell, like you knew what guys carry guns and he had a gun on them. And I just remember walking back and looking like, man, I hope you don't shoot me in the back of my head. I went and I booked in a house and I locked the door and I just remember crying. I was like, man, I, 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 didn't, I wasn't even in the dope game and I was about to lose my life because I didn't go to deliver a package. But then I think about it, if I had delivered that package, I could have been a setup. I could have got killed. I could have, the police could have jumped out on me and I, I wouldn't probably be here today. Yeah. Or even, or even perhaps more likely if you didn't get killed, if it wasn't a setup, it would have been easy money. And that oh, yeah. led you down a yeah. path. Yeah. Potentially seeing mm-hmm. how easy it was to get sucked into that just by starting off you know, that's how they get you to start. Something as simple as deliver a package, easy money, mm-hmm. and it just grows from there. Yeah. Jessica's over there thinking maybe you would have tripped on the curb and she could have sued the city of Akron. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so do I mean, but, but amazingly, and, and just from knowing you and knowing your character and the type of man that you are. So, so you, you escape uh, this lifestyle without mm. joining up, without going down the wrong path. And, uh, but, and going to Akron city schools, right. Cause you went to Akron East. Yeah, and uh, ended up with a, a scholarship. Yes, I did. I I, um, I was one of the best to come out of my area playing football, and um, you know, but for me, it was, it was playing football for me was kind of a way for me not to get caught up in the things that were going in my neighborhood. So I did things like like listen, I lived in an all black neighborhood, and I played soccer. Black people don't, they didn't play soccer, you know what I'm saying? So I played soccer because it kept me after school from about enough time for my mom to get off to come pick me up because that's where, that was my safety net right there. If I leave school after school and I go into my neighborhood, I get in trouble. Yeah. I never knew you played soccer. I played soccer. I played, you would I be the soccer. scariest soccer player I had oh, ever seen on the field. Listen, I used to like, I didn't, I kicked more people than I kicked the ball. <laughs> <laughs> 
So interesting. So since you brought that up, let's talk about policing a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but no, so, so Lamar was, he really was the, was the teddy bear of the police department. And uh, I always loved having him around because nobody ever wanted to fight you when you have like a, I mean, how tall are you? Like six, seven or something? I mean, six, six. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you have this giant guy standing yeah. there with his arms folded, you know, and, uh, <laughs> And on midnights, he looked like he was just angry at the world. And uh, <laughs> so, lack of sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, like, I could say whatever I wanted and nobody cared because they're like, right. well, this giant guy will kill me right behind <laughs> so, That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was great. It was a great dynamic. But, uh, but no, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about, so, you know, we worked in the inner city. And mm-hmm. I would say most of the cities down here around Stark County and stuff like that, especially when you get into the inner cities, lack of fathers. Um, I see a lot of repeat offenders. I, mm-hmm. I know you did too. We're constantly going to the same houses, taking the same guys to jail. Um, and a lot of kids, when we would work some of the, uh, you know, some of the ghetto zones and stuff like that, you had a lot of kids running around with no male role models. Right. And because of that, I think violence really started to spiral out of control over the last couple of years. Yeah, um, I think too, you know, just I understand, like, I think you have to to go through it. I have a better understanding because, you know, I, my dad, you know, he passed away. And, um, you know, I think there was a time my dad was a great dad growing up until we got to him and my mom divorced. So then my dad just went MIA. He was just nowhere to be seen. I might see him on the weekends once every couple months, you know, something like that. And I remember how angry I was. And that was not, I wasn't in the right environment to be angry because having anger issues, living in that kind of violent environment can cause issues. And I was really walking on on eggshells with my anger and living in my community Um, because I was angry because I wanted my dad around. But then when I looked around, there was so many other kids that did not have their fathers around and they were just as angry or they found, they found other ways to deal with it. You know, other cover-ups to deal with the absence of their father. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so interestingly enough, and I think I've heard you tell this story before and, and I mean, Jessica, you, you work enough with, you know, personal injury cases and, and police reports and stuff like that. So you would know too, you know, I, I think when you were growing up and even me, I mean, cause I just grew up right around the corner. I mean, I was just in Barberton. So right down mm-hmm. the street and uh, you know, Barber, Tucky. Yeah. You know, and we're not the, <laughs> you know, we're not the richest uh, part of town. I mean, we're stuck right there between Kenmore and Akron and, you know, but back in the, back in the eighties and early nineties, policing was so much different than it is today. Okay. And and I would say it was a little bit more of a, of a hands-on approach when we were all kids running around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. so I don't know about you, but that was one of my things that I took when I got into law enforcement was I was like, you know what? It's one of those things of like, you want to be the change and, mm-hmm. and you wanted to do better because of the right. things that you saw growing up. And I mean, right. I think you've alluded to that in the past. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, growing up in Akron, the police, they had a reputation of take you down by the Goodyear dot blunt hangers and yeah. be, beating the brakes off of you. And, you, you know, some kids probably went to Dan Street. Some just got the brakes beat off of them and got sent home. And um, I never wanted to experience that. 
And <laughs> yeah, I, I like, no, like, you know, it, it was really scary because I was like, listen, if you're going to tell my mom, I just want you to beat me up and take me to jail anyway. You know, right, yeah, <laughs> that was a whole nother issue going home. But yeah, um, and it seems at some point just the perception just started to change. Mm-hmm. I know when I was growing up and in grade school, we would have a dare officer come in and they would talk about how. Um, involved with the kids and with the community they were and they were running penny carnivals in our school parking lots and it was all about how the police are are here to help and this great deal of respect that we would have for the police and then it something changed and it became the police were people to be feared that they were there to hurt you not to help you yeah right yeah i think well, i think what it was was they started cutting the wrong things and yeah you know like dare was gone and now then next you know when they cut dare you start seeing military tanks and 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 and, and assault weapons on and on swat teams and stuff like that and now it's so common now you're starting to see guys on regular patrol with assault rifles yeah and you know, and the, you know and the sad part is though that that you know depending on the departments and stuff i mean the sad yeah. part is that you need that equipment Exactly. Like, I mean, but I'm not you, falling the guys. Yeah, no. right. Exactly. But if you think about it, the transition was, I don't remember if you remember in California when those bank robbers went in there and they came out with the army. Yeah, all the body armor. And, yeah. Yep. That was the changing point where all these police departments started going to, to all of these, these different type of weapons. Yeah. And, and again, every like, okay, think about it does East Canton, you know, does it need a place like that? You know, you get places like these little small communities. They don't yeah. need that kind of stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I like to believe Jackson township where I am doesn't need any of this stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> but you know what? But the day that they do need it, I'm going right. to be glad they have it. Right. And I think too, so. you're starting to see a lot of um, departments starting to work together. It's not just one department SWAT team. You got these multi-county uh, groups yeah. and they get called out anywhere and everywhere. So I think that's better. So now maybe you can cut back on some of that funding and maybe put into, because, you know, when we came on, I mean, when I came, well, I, I came on a little before you, but when yeah. I came on, we yeah, had you were bike the high, patrol. You were the hiring group right in front of me. Yeah, we had yeah. bike patrol. Yeah. You know, we had guys riding bicycles in the neighborhood and they were making like relations relationships with people in the community yeah. and, and that that got moved out the way because there was no money for it but i'm thinking as a businessman you know you're a businessman i'm thinking okay i buy 10 bikes or and you know and i balance that against one cruiser getting everything for i mean come on Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think you save more money, but I just somewhere along the way, we they just got, yeah. got blown away. So, so I think at, at some point, and that's what made it so cool, at some point you saw that opening. You mm-hmm. saw that need for the the police. And, and General Mattis taught us this over in Iraq, actually, because General Mattis was my commanding general when I was in Iraq. And uh, he used to always call it like our campaigns. We'd go out on daily patrols and he'd call them hearts and minds patrols. And he was like, because the, the goal was to go out and give candy and win the, win the hearts and minds of the young Iraqi children, because that way, when they grow up, if somebody's like, hey, go blow up this embassy or go do this or that, they're going to be like, why? I, I love those guys. Like, they've always been nice to me. And that was always right. his big principle. And that's exactly what you've done with the Be A Better Me Foundation, I feel like. Yep, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, if, I know Eric tends to run over with <laughs> just want to get a couple things in uh-huh. there for our listeners. Um, can you just tell us how you came to, I, I think we know why you started it, but how you came to start the Be A Better Me, Me Foundation and how attorneys can get, local attorneys can get involved in order to help maybe change the young community's perspective on, you know, what they think of lawyers, what they hear from their parents or or their family is almost sometimes as negative as they feel towards, you know, police officers. Mm -hmm. So what can we do to, to be involved and help to, to change that narrative? Well, you know, with our, our organization, we mentor boys and girls. And um, we also, you know, we provide free tutoring as well. Um, and, and along the lines of other things, we always ask our community for help. They, you know, whether it's donations or when we're wrapping 1,500 Christmas gifts, you know, they come in and they help us wrap them. So there's always something to do. Times have changed now with COVID, so it's a little different. But, um, you know, it's always just reaching out to them and finding out what is your information. And like for us, I created a special email just for our volunteer list is, you know, go to volunteer at beabetterme.org. And then you can, we literally will send out an email, a mass email, say, Hey, if you're interested, uh, we have this event coming up, if you can do it. And then we take a certain number and then we take them and then we tell everybody else, Hey, thank you. Um, <laughs> you took too long to respond. So we, we got our crew we're good to go. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and it's always asking because sometimes people just don't ask questions. And that's the biggest thing is it's like, well, I've always wanted to volunteer, but I didn't know how. Yeah. So fast. is there, do you know of, and, you know, mainly obviously our, our biggest audience is right here in Ohio. So like if, if the attorneys aren't around the Northeast Ohio area, and if they are, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're around Northeast Ohio, the Be A Better Me Foundation, really, I mean, you go, you go all over the place around yeah. Northeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen you out of our county and, and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. And, uh, but if they're down further south, I just saw a video with your basketball cop. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah. Where's he out? Of? Like, so there's He's, other foundations that are doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think too, um, cause my, my, my buddy, Bobby, um, Bobby White, he has a basketball cop foundation. He's out of Gainesville. And okay. um, so he's out of Gainesville, Florida, and he travels and he puts up, we were going to actually work on putting one up in, in our city, putting a basketball court up and providing an opportunity for kids to have a place to go play and be safe. So he goes around the country doing, getting donations and he builds basketball hoops in certain, you know, bad neighborhoods and he gives away basketballs. Now, let me ask you, so if, if the attorneys want to go out, because I think one of the things that impresses me the most, and, and I've, I've been lucky enough to speak to, to one of your groups of boys, mm-hmm. is you're yeah. always looking for guys to come out and, mm-hmm. and talk to them and, and kind of set that example and show them a little bit about right. what's possible if you work hard. Right. Um, you know, and, and some of that set that example of what it is to be a man. And I'm assuming now you also need women to do the same thing to your, your girls' mentoring groups. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for us is, when you have kids who really, um, when you have kids in inner city who really don't see a future, because it's hard to see a future when you're getting your lights and your water cutting off, when you got eviction notices hanging on your door, it's really hard to see a brighter future. So what we do is we try to teach our kids, and a lot of kids, they form in their minds, I'm going to either be a rapper, an NBA player, or an NFL player. 
And that's what that's what they that's what they lean on. And what we do is we try to expose our kids to different careers. Um, like when we had you come in, we had you come in to talk to them about your business. We talked about crashes, crashes. And we try to show them so many different occupations. And it's a constant. We're just either we go somewhere or we have somebody come in and they just talk about it because these kids never really want to open their horizons to say there's so much more out there. And, and we just try to we try to show it to them. And a lot of times we just we always need speakers. We always need some place we can come and take our kids for a field trip so they can see how it works and the things that they may like could land them in that position. Yeah. So if you like to argue. I mean, why not be a lawyer? Yeah, right. I, got, <laughs> yeah. I, think all, I think all my kids could be lawyers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, not a lot to it. So, <laughs> so is there a way, like for attorneys that aren't in Northeast Ohio, so like, you know, we got some listeners in Colorado and California and stuff like that. Do you know, I mean, like how, how would an attorney or, or anybody listening to this show, if, if you want to actually be a little bit of a light in your community and get involved and you want to speak to some of these kids, like, I mean, who could you call or, or do you know, like who they could approach Like, how do you, how do you figure out who you want to talk to? I mean, do you call like the school district and say, Hey, look, next time you have an assembly, can I talk to kids or, I mean, what? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people have social media, especially if you have a, you know, a business, you know, you, you, you promote your business through social media. Um, a lot of times it's just looking to see like, man, I like that. I like what they're doing. Um, you know, I, I think that's how a lot of people come in to be a better me because they see working with kids and trying to help them and better them. And then they see the tutoring aspect. They see the mentoring and they like that. So it's about finding out like, man, what do you like and what do you want to support? And it's like, okay, I want to support this mentoring program. So now the next step is, okay, let's find out their number and call them and see what I can do to help them. What in any way, shape or form that I can help, you know, better your foundation, I'm going to reach out and, and find out what it is. And if they don't have any answers for you, find another one. And I, I think that's the biggest thing. And sometimes too, you can call schools and say, Hey, what foundation is really kind of helping you guys in your school? And I know in Kansas like just here in Kansas city, they'll say, Oh, they'll, I mean, it's not just be a better me, but it's also some other ones, but it yeah, depends I know on like the Cal Ripken junior foundation. Yep, is really big. They yep. got that one. You have Tifa does the after school programs. So you have these other different programs, but they'll tell you the one that really helped them. Like we help Allen. We raise food for Allen Elementary because those kids are in the southeast part of, of, of Canton and they are it's a very poor community. A lot of those kids go home after on the weekends and they may not eat until they come back to school on Monday. So we raise, uh, we do like a stuff the bus for them and we raise a lot of snacks and stuff, bulk snacks. We take it to the school and then they put them in baggies and send kids home with stuff so they can have something for school. And I know I was that kid. I went to school for nine years. I had nine years consecutive perfect attendance. And you know why I had it? Because I got a meal every day at school. Uh, and, people, yeah. and people like people were so like, oh, my God, that's impressive. And, I, and I'm like, until I told them, like, I got fed every day. I went to school. Right. So why wouldn't I go to school every day? So and I think a lot of kids face that right now. And uh, so we just try to do our part to help them. I think last year we raised over five thousand dollars in snacks for them. And it, it kind of helped them. It helped them out a lot throughout the year. 
And I think another thing too, that law firms can do, uh, especially some of the bigger firms. I mean, if you're, you're you know, if you're a single guy out, outfit, I get it or a girl, mm-hmm. Um, but some of these bigger firms, I mean, if you guys are looking for ways to get involved, think about your media, your social media presence. Like, I mean, attorneys are so ingrained with social media because you guys mm-hmm. grow your, your firms off of that and you, uh-huh. you rely on referrals. Um, some of the best things that I see Lamar do with the foundation is like his stuff, the cruiser event, um, you know, for, for back to school supplies and backpacks. Right. Right. And, and that would be so easy for a law firm, I feel like, to say, hey, look, you know, if you guys, everybody that we come in contact with, if you can come in and, and donate a backpack or school supplies for mm-hmm. back to school or, you know, I, I mean, what are some of the other I mean, the bicycle one that you do is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what's what's some other things that they could do, I think, you know, and then and then take all that once they accumulate it all, they could either, you know, draw names or, or you know, whatever, or they could take it somewhere and donate it all. Right. I think like during the during the holiday season, you have a lot of parents who become depressed and stressed because they're just looking at their kids and like, OK, I have to make a decision between paying this bill or putting food on the table or getting my kids Christmas. And one of the things for the last couple of years, we've given out over we have 14 to 1500 toys to kids in the community. And like we didn't go out and buy them all. It was people in the community that and you got some we had some big businesses come in and say, you know, we are going to help you. And they gave us X amount. And it was like, yo, that was huge, because if they didn't, then we, we can't provide toys for all of those kids. And we're counting on it again this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, anything we can do to help get the word out, man. Let me yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll, uh, we'll get you there. But yeah, so, uh, you know, and I think that's great advice because you guys are, are master negotiators. Like you know, <laughs> Jessica's one of the best. And, right. uh, so go negotiate, you know, with Walmart <laughs> or whoever else you got to negotiate with and get some of the donations. So that's right. Sure. It, uh, so, I mean, are, what other little tips and tricks do you have? Because you have such a, just a unique uh, outlook on life and everything else. And, and like I said, I think everybody just needs that, that ray of sunshine right now. I think the world needs a ray of sunshine right now. Right. And just what's, what's some of the things that, that you can do just day to day in your everyday life to make a difference in the communities that you're living in and you're working in and, and be a positive change. You know, one of the things that I started, um, you know, kind of, at the beginning of my career, I would be drive around and I'm in my cruiser and, you know, people will look, I worked in, I worked in just a predominantly black neighborhood for over nine years and people tend to look at your cruiser and they either get this fear or they get this just hatred built up. But I break all of that because I look at them and I'll go. Right. (laughs) And then you'll see them go. (laughs) Like what just happened? And I think it throws them off and that opens up positive dialogue with people. People feel like, yo, like I was, they, like they start to feel, I jumped to a conclusion and he waved at me and it's just, it's a game changer, you know, and just that saying hi to people, say good morning to everybody you come, come across. I say good morning so often. Like I just, I feel like I'm on tape recorder. I just, but I genuinely want to greet somebody and, that greeting can change somebody's day. Like you can be like, Oh, like, good morning. Like, 
Good morning. Like, good morning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what? You just put that, yeah, put that positive energy out into the air. I think that's a lot of things because everybody's holding on to some negative energy and it just kind of, it just kind of festers and grows. But I'm trying to be that positive. Like, I'm going to put some positive energy out there and hopefully that person will spread some positive energy and now it'll just be a chain reaction. Yeah. You know, and, and Jessica, I think that's that really speaks to your point that you asked right at the beginning of kind of like, how can you change the perception of attorneys and stuff? And think about how much you guys interact with people inside the courtrooms or the hallways outside the courtrooms. And the the couple of things I always see Lamar do, and granted, it's, it's because he's six, six and he just you know, he's <laughs> like literally just on such a different level. But, you know, if you ever watch the videos of him interacting on on YouTube, you know, with kids and stuff and one, you always get down to their level. You mm-hmm. always get down to their level. Right. You know what I mean? I you don't to. stand over them. You know, I have to, like too. That. Right. Yeah. I, I have mean, to, too. You know, but but you you're right. You always greet them with a smile. You know what I mean? You always just take a second right. to say hi. Right. You know, you don't yeah. just walk by and, and we're all busy. I mean, right. I get exactly. it. Like we all got stuff to do, but mm-hmm. I think that's, that, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like, sometimes we get so consumed in our own personal agendas and our, our, all our obligations that we tend to forget about the people around us. And the only way to, you can't forget about the people around you because the people around you, you have to, I feel like it's a responsibility for me to make everybody around me better make everybody have a better day, put that positive energy so that they can carry it on to somewhere else. And that, that's the thing. And I meet so many different kids and I see kids so much and so often that sometimes I forget some of the kids' names. And it's just like, I, and I get upset with myself about it because they look at me and be like, the first thing they say to me, Officer Sharp, you remember me? And I'm like, <laughs> give, me, give me a second. Give me a second. But, you know, and that's the thing, too, is when I do, I, when I can blast out their name, you'll see them go, oh, he remembers my name. You know what I'm saying? And it's just little kind things, you know. You know, I don't put anything bad on social media. That's another thing I think that just hinders um, a lot of every, like negativity is people don't respect each other's uh, or opinion. So I just don't put anything, you know, out there. I just try to put positive things. And people think that, like, I have so many followers. They think that I'm always constantly on social media. I post stuff and I'm gone. I don't even I don't even sit on social media or anything. I post it, I schedule it, I'm gone and I go tend to doing what I what I do. Yeah. And so if you ever come across Lamar, I will tell you if you're having a bad day, not only will he cheer you up with his smile and his hello, but if you're having a really bad day and and even I, my wife and everybody else I think that has ever met him will attest to, uh Lamar's hugs will brighten your day. He is, yes, he's, he's the and best I want to hug, hug you again, too. I right. I know, buddy. I'm coming <laughs> over. You know, you know where I live. So it's uh, air hugs. We got to be yeah. Safe, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we have to uh, observe social distancing. Well, we, we put up, we get in a bubble. We can hug each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being um, the responsible one, Jessica. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're six, six. I'm five, two. I'm going to get lost in that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah we'll find you. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, we got totally got that. We'll put some breadcrumbs out so you can find your way back out. Yeah, so uh, a couple of great things, and and actually, we're, we're believe it or not, we're running up against our clock. And like Jessica said, I always run over. A um, couple of things though that I want to get in the hands of people. Um, Lamar's book is amazing. He actually just became an author. 
Uh, yes. So we need to get that out there. And, and I'm going to share the name of it here in the, in the title of the, of the uh, episode here. But uh, Lamar, what, what's your book called and uh, where can people get it from? So uh, my book is called Suspect of Hope. And um, it's uh, just basically about me growing up and um, some of the challenges I had as a kid and um, working as a juvenile correctional officer and having a vision of doing this foundation, which I sat on for almost almost 18 years before I actually started it. So, or 17 years. So um, never giving up on your dream and, and not being afraid because I never ran an organization before. And um, it was one of those challenges where I was afraid. I didn't know what to do and I felt like I was going to fail. So I have that book. I also have a children's book as well. Actually, I have it right here. My grandson was reading it. Um, I, wrote, I write children's books as well, just trying to help um, promote kids to do some of the right things. They, you know, I try to take some of the issues that they may be going through and then I turn them and we try to flip it and make it, you know, a feel good story. So. Nice. So, and I use and I use kids out of the community that I come across, and I put them as make them as characters in my book. And are they uh, books available on Amazon or just through absolutely? Amazon? Yep, yep, through Amazon. All right. Real quick, did you just say your grandson? Yes, I have a grandson. I have a grand. I have a granddaughter too. Me. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, ask me how my body feels my body feels like i'm about 70 it's <laughs> <laughs> <I> flat football <laughs> uh-huh. and uh and then also for people that want to reach out and volunteer or donate um because guys trust me there is no better foundation that's making a bigger impact right now than the be your better me foundation so if you guys can spare anything at all to help get lamar closer to any visions that he has mm-hmm. um i promise you it will be the best used money ever that you have ever donated. Um, there, there's nobody that, that I trust or get behind or support more than him and his foundation. Um, where can they go to do that? What's your website? And uh, So, yeah, our um, website is www.beabettermeet.org. Um, and then I also have my own website. It's lamarsharp.com. Um, but my thing why, too- Why is, did I not know that you had your own website? Oh yeah, I have my own website. You know, well, I'm, now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there tonight. <laughs> I know because actually um, I have my documentary movie. Um, I have a documentary, and um, it came out a couple years. We were this close to getting it on Netflix, but you know, and it's really powerful, really good. Um, you know, a lot of people who've seen watched it, they cried and they laughed and they smiled, and um, it's it's a really, really, really good film. Um, uh, you can download it for free right there on on my website. Um, so, and, and another thing too is like kind of with everything, the element, everything going on. I'm trying to really my dream is to try to get be a better me in different police departments. I want to see more officers involved in the community because I feel like that will lessen a lot of this this tension between the police and the community. So that's my vision. We just got trademark. Uh, we got our trademarking. So I'm really excited about that. So now it's time to make it happen. You know, and, and it's so funny, too, because I'm friends with so many attorneys now on social media and I do. Mm-hmm. And, and they attorneys are very opinionated, Jessica. You guys <laughs> like can make you like you like people to know what your opinions are. And I resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I see a lot of attorneys right now because you guys are you you are the, the you're basically the champions for victims. You know what I mean? And so I see a lot of attorneys right now calling for changes in policing. Um, so one of the best things that you guys can do, like Lamar just said, it, I, the news to me, I just found that out. Um, get a hold of somebody at your local police department or police officers that you have come into contact with working cases that you know that are good guys or women. 
mm-hmm. and talk to them about reaching out and, and being a, a police officer for the Be A Better Me Foundation in, mm-hmm. in their local departments. Yeah. And shout out to the police attorneys because as a KNL attorney, law firm out of Pittsburgh, they reached out to us and did our pro bono, did our trademarking for us. So there's so other things that like, it's not, even if you can't be hands-on, there's other things that even attorney and law firms can do to kind of help some of these smaller foundations push forward because I mean, that's needed as well. And I really, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, and Lamar, we're going to give you the, the final thoughts here in just a second. You get the last word because you're the guest, but Jessica, any final, any final thoughts to wrap up today's show? No, I would just say, um, that. Well, then uh, you can't say anything if it's a no. (laughs) 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 I was going to say, I don't have necessarily final thoughts, but I wanted to thank Lamar for his time (laughs) today, as I think your listeners will appreciate the nice break from the Eric Brown, Phil (laughs) Relly drama that we listen to every week. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and my final thoughts, guys. Yeah. Like I said, you know, right. Like I said, from the beginning of the show, um, you know, if, if we want to see change, it starts with us and you guys have to be the light you, you have to be for your communities. You're in the position to be. Um, so you can't just expect everybody else to do it and you not lead it. Step up and lead. So Lamar, final thoughts, man. What do you got? What do you oh, got man. for us? You kind of took my thunder there because, um, you know, I think that one of the biggest things is just um, like you said, it's, nothing's going to happen on its own. Um, you have to go out and you have to be willing to put in some time. You can't be selfish with your time um, because when you worry, I always tell people when you think things don't want to affect you indirectly, they, they can. So, um, you know, you, you have to go out and, um, do something because whether you have kids and they have kids, it's going to affect your kids or grandkids down the road. So if you do something today, you can help make a better future for them tomorrow. Love it. Well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure you follow and join Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show, or would like to be on a future show, head over to Crash Tech Expert angle.podbean.com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. The form will come up, put anything that you want right in there. If you want more information on expert consulting services or training, visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the crash site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure you request to join the crash site defense Facebook group. Neither site contains any ads or spam. It's just a private community that brings experts from all different areas together with attorneys to collaborate or ask questions. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is for them. 